Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your coach, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Boy, do I have a special treat for all of you guys today. About four years ago, episode 61 of the Brian Buffini Show, to be precise, we re-released the recording of Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret. And it is still one of our most listened to podcasts. And if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you to take the time to listen to episode 61. You will be blessed. Now, Earl had a phenomenal story. He was born in Long Beach in 1921. And as a 10-year-old, his dad abandoned he and his mother at the height of the Great Depression, and they had to fend for themselves. Earl actually joined the Marine Corps at 17 and was on the USS Arizona during the attack on Pearl Harbor. He was one of only 15 surviving Marines aboard that day. During the fall of 1949, he read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and it just struck him like a bolt of lightning. When he read that we become what we think about all day, he realized he'd been reading the same truth over and over again since he was a child, from the New Testament all the way to the works of Emerson. As you sow, so shall you reap. In 1956, he produced a spoken word record, The Strangest Secret, which went on to sell a million copies. A remarkable achievement when you consider there were only about 20 million record players in the country at that time. Well, he went on then to have uh, a radio broadcast called Our Changing World, which actually became the most syndicated radio program ever. Earl passed away in 1989, but left a rich legacy of all his life's work. Past few years, I've had the privilege of building a friendship with Earl's widow, Diana. In fact, the studio I'm recording in today is the Nightingale Studio. I love to name parts of our headquarters around here, Puffini Company, after mentors and people who've influenced me. And actually, when we had the ribbon-cutting ceremony for this studio, Diana flew in and cut the ribbon. It was a great time. Well, recently, Diana surprised me with a gift. She presented me with a treasure trove of Earl's recordings that had never been listened to before, never been broadcast, never been produced. We had a series of discussions, and she said, Brian, you loved him so much. You love his message so much. I want you to be the one that brings these unheard recordings to the marketplace. And so we are very, very honored. Today is the first of such recordings. Today, we're going to hear Earl's broadcast on a message called A Worthy Ideal. You're going to hear one of the best definitions you've ever heard for success in this recording. You're going to need to pay close attention. It's a short recording that is packed with brilliant insight and wisdom. I recommend these types of recordings you listen to no less than six times. And I know many of you like to run or jog, or this is on your commute or whatever, and that's all fantastic. But at some point in time, you need to sit down with a pen and paper and listen to this stuff. It's absolutely fabulous. So I feel like Indiana Jones today. I've discovered a great treasure, and I want to share it with all of you. I hope you enjoy Earl Nightingale's A Worthy Ideal.
It is almost impossible to pick up a daily paper without reading about an individual who has achieved an unusual accomplishment. And almost invariably, these stories include the overcoming of what at one time appeared to be virtually insurmountable handicaps. The boy whose legs were terribly burned and who seemed destined to a life as a cripple becomes one of the world's outstanding runners. The poor boy who amasses a fortune. The boy with a serious speech impediment becomes one of the nation's top news commentators. Every day, a new and dramatic story appears somewhere. The old story of obstacles overcome and outstanding success achieved. Well, they're just too numerous to mention. But how and why are these things done? To me, this is a very interesting subject. These individuals do far more than the average person in order to overcome their handicaps and achieve the success they seek. But it's more than that. You have to go back to the beginning and ask, why? And the answer to that question, if fully understood, will bring you or me anything we want. The answer is simply, they had a goal. That is, they had fixed in their minds a point they had to reach. Something that was more important, far more important than the effort and time that had to be expended. A dream seen only in the mind and felt only in the heart that was too big to be denied. A dream which rose before their eyes when they awakened in the morning and which was the last thing they thought about as they dropped off to sleep at night. This great dream, this surging, dynamic thing which was invisible to all the world except the person who held it, is responsible for every great advance of man. It is behind and the cause of everything we see in the world around us. Everything in the world is a dream come true. It is a goal reached. Napoleon Hill put it this way. He said, What the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. It is the skyscraper, the bridge spanning the bay, a rocket ship to outer space, and it's the little corner business establishment. It's the lovely home in the suburbs. It's a youngster getting a diploma and the new baby in its mother's arms. It's a golf handicap and a business position reached. What the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Do you know what this means to you and me? Well, let me try to explain, and I might add, it took me 17 years to find this out for myself. Once understood, however, life becomes easier, more fun, far more exciting, and incalculably more rewarding. To begin to fully understand this subject, we have to realize that it's at the basis of any success. It is, in fact, the very definition of success. The best definition of success I've ever been able to find is, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. If you think about it a moment, you'll realize just how perfect that definition is. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. What does this mean? It means that any person engaged in achieving something which he considers a worthy ideal is successful. At the same time, it also means that any individual not so engaged must be defined as the opposite of success, a failure. Any person with a dream in his mind and heart which he has established as a worthy goal is successful. It has nothing to do with money necessarily, unless that happens to be the goal. And each of us must decide for himself what his goal is. With such a simple and obvious definition of success, a person might think that everyone is successful. Everyone should be. But it's estimated that only 5% are. Of all the people you pass on the street, no matter how large or busy the city, only 5 out of 100 can tell you what they're working toward. The rest are just drifting along, hoping something good will happen to them, or at least that nothing bad will, letting circumstances and economic winds blow them this way and that. These are the people who have not learned the rules of life. I like to compare human beings with ships. 
It's estimated that about 95% can be compared to ships without rudders, subject to every shift of wind and tide, they're helplessly adrift. And while they fondly hope that they will one day drift into a rich and successful port, you and I know that for every narrow harbor entrance, there's a thousand miles of rocky coastline. Their chances of just drifting into port are a thousand to one against them. But the five percent who have taken the time and discipline to decide on a destination and to chart a course, sail straight and far across the deep oceans of the world, reaching one port after another and accomplishing more in just a few years than the rest will accomplish in a lifetime. If you should visit a ship in port, climb to the navigation bridge and ask the captain his next port of call, he will answer you in one sentence. Every person should be able to do the same thing. Unless you can say in one concise, well-defined sentence what your goal happens to be, the chances are good that you have never really clearly defined your goal. The captain of a ship cannot see his destination for fully 99% of his journey, but he knows what it is, where it is, and that he'll reach it if he keeps doing certain things a certain way every day. When you ask most people what it is they seek, they'll answer in vague, unrealistic terms. They'll say, uh, happiness, or good health, or enough money to support my family, and so on. These are not goals. They are simply conditions desired by everyone. When we talk of goals, we mean, what is it that you want, you as an individual? What is it that you would like very much to have or to be, but which you may have felt was, for one reason or another, beyond your reach? You see, if you can tell me what you want, I can tell you how to get it, as long as it's worthy of you and within the realm of human accomplishment. Progressing successfully through a lifetime should be a matter of progressively setting and achieving goals, one after another, each a little better than the former. Just as a ship sails to only one port at a time, set your first port of call. When you've reached it, and reach it you will, you can then set a new goal, and then another. By following this meaningful and common-sense approach to life, you will be successful, and will accomplish more in five years than the great majority of people do in a lifetime. Now, I'll tell you of a way to clarify your thinking and establish the first goal if you don't already have one. Realizing that without a goal we are unsuccessful, and realizing, too, that with a goal we will have direction and purpose and that our goal will be reached, we begin to realize that the establishing of a clearly defined goal is just about the most important step we can possibly take. It's good to remember, too, that in 99 times out of 100, our goal can be accomplished in the work in which we are now engaged. If you don't know what it is you want more than anything else, in other words, if you're not one of the fortunate individuals who knows exactly what it is he seeks, get off by yourself someplace and spend an hour or so writing down the things you would like to have. This could include a beautiful home, a car, a certain amount of money, a specific income, a particular position with your company, and so on, a sales quota, any one of a hundred things. Write down as many as you can think of. When you've written down all the things you want, Choose one, only one, that you want more than the others. Write this on a separate sheet, or draw a circle around it. Now put the sheet away and forget about all of your ideas except the one you've decided to accomplish first. Like a ship, a person can only reach one port at a time. Most of the confusion and indecision found with the majority of people is because they want so many things they don't decide on which to accomplish first, and as a result, they often accomplish nothing at all. Remember, you can only achieve one goal at a time. Once you've decided upon the one thing you intend to accomplish first, write it on a card to carry with you. Think about it the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night. 
Think about it as often during the day as you can. By doing this, you will be forcing your goal into your subconscious mind, from which will come the answers you need, as you need them, for its accomplishment. This is the process used by the most successful men and women in the world. This is the same system used by the mathematician and philosopher Bertrand Russell. Think about it as often as you can. Get a mental image of your goal already having been accomplished. But be sure to be absolutely specific. Don't generalize. If your goal is a certain amount of money, write down the exact amount and the time limit for earning it. If your goal is a beautiful home, get a picture of the exact home, even if you have to pay an architect to draw the plans and elevation for you. You might as well, for believe me, you will accomplish it. Be very careful about what you set your mind and heart upon, for if you want it strongly enough, you'll get it. I mentioned that I spent 17 years looking for this answer. I did. I wanted to know what separates the haves from the have-nots, not just in a financial sense, although that's certainly an important part of living, but rather in every sense. I started looking for the answer in 1933 during the Depression, and I didn't find it until New Year's Day, 1950. The answer I was looking for was the secret to achievement, the secret of success. All of a sudden I realized that in the hundreds of lives I'd studied and the countless books I'd read, a plain and simple fact had been staring me in the face all along. It is simply that we become what we think about. You see, you are, at this moment, nothing more than the sum total of your thoughts to this point. Similarly, you will be, next year, five years from now, and so on, what you think about from this point onward. That's why the establishing of a goal is so vital to success. Unless we're thinking about the thing we wish to accomplish, our thinking is erratic, confused, jumping first from one thing to another, with the result that we accomplish nothing, arrive nowhere. By thinking every morning, every night, and as many times during the day as we can about the single goal we've established for ourselves, we actually begin moving toward it. By concentrating our thinking, it's like taking a river that's twisting and turning and meandering all over the countryside and putting it into a straight, smooth channel. Now it has power, direction, speed. It's the same with our minds. Once we know where we're going, we know why we get out of bed in the morning. We know why we're working and why it's important to do the very best work of which we're capable. We know why it's vital that we cut ourselves away from the big sluggish river of people who are drifting without purpose and cut the channel straight and clear to the dream in our heart. Some evening, stand at a busy street corner and examine the faces of the crowds that pass. Look at how they walk. Look at their expressions. Do they seem interested, happy, purposeful, interesting? Or do they seem, for the most part, dull, uninterested, even bored? If you keep watching long enough, you'll see a person with a quick and purposeful step, a good carriage and posture, with interesting, intelligent eyes who walks as though he knows where he's going and who's going to insist on getting there. Close to a billion human beings on earth would give anything they have for the freedom and personal liberty you and I take for granted, the right to choose their work and their goals, to live in our bountiful standard of living, to know the peace and privacy of our homes, and to have laws which protect the citizen rather than persecute him. We have it all, and yet in the midst of our plenty, millions lead unhappy lives, living from day to day, month to month, in a prison of their own building. These are the ones who have never made the decision that could set them free. They have not decided what to do with their lives, even in a climate of freedom. As Carlyle said, the man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder, a waif, a nothing, a no man. Have a purpose in life, and having it, 
throw such strength of mind and muscle into your work as God has given you. He also wrote, A man with a half-volition goes backwards and forwards and makes no way on the smoothest road. A man with a whole volition advances on the roughest and will reach his purpose if even there be a little wisdom in it. And Munger wrote, There is no road to success but through a clear, strong purpose. Nothing can take its place. A purpose underlies character, culture, position, attainment of every sort. Decide on your goal. Insist upon it. And for the next 30 days, look at your card with your goal written on it every morning, every night, and as many times during the day as you can. Force your goal into your subconscious mind. See yourself as already having attained it. Do this without fail every day for 30 days, and it will become a habit, a habit that will lead you from one success to another all the days of your life. For this is the secret of success, the door to everything you will ever have or be. You are now, and you will become what you think about. Wow. How great was that? I just love that guy. I love his philosophy. I love his ideas, his values, his style of communication. And of course, you got to love that voice. There is so much in this one short recording. You really do need to listen to it over and over again. Again, I recommend at least six times. A few things I got, just a few. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Okay, a beautiful definition of success. Another gem, any person engaged in achieving something which they consider a worthy ideal is successful. You know, some of you listening today, you might not feel successful, but if you are engaged in achieving something which you consider a worthy ideal, you're successful. If you're a mom listening to this and you're staying at home or a dad working from home and raising your kids, and that's a worthy ideal to you, congratulations. You're already successful. Powerful stuff. Now, there's some challenges in there to take it to the next level, to get those goals to the next level, to raise your game. Another great insight that I find to be very true is when Earl said, 99 times out of 100, our goal can be accomplished in the work in which we are now engaged. I got to tell you, in helping people over the years, I always find people want to go and do something completely unrelated to their past industry experiences or even success. And rarely, very rarely does that work out. And so it was just great to hear something that I just really need to hear confirmed because I, I've seen it, I believe it, I've given people that advice, but Earl's saying 99 times out of 100, doesn't mean every time, your past gives you clues and it, it really builds to your present and your present is what you build upon for your future. What have you done in the past? Where have you achieved? Where's your areas of expertise and skills? And how can you expand that, grow that, and achieve much higher levels of goals and achievement in pursuing it? Very powerful. Like I said, I hope you'll listen to this many times, over and over, and certainly at least once or twice where you can sit down and take some notes. What I'm going to share with you is this is one little piece of this whole treasure trove we've uncovered. You're going to get a chance to expand your horizons and come and learn all about how to live the good life. And one of the guides on our journey to help you live the good life is going to be Earl Nightingale. And you're going to hear more and more wonderful content from me and from Earl to help you 
live the good life. Well, I hope you enjoyed today. It was a treat for me. I hope it was a treat for you. We're going to finish off today in a way we often have, and I'm going to turn over our broadcast to someone who's made being successful no secret to me, my mother Therese. Here's ma'am. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.